Well, hello and welcome to DMQs. Um, it's, a, it's a bit like Prime Minister's Question Time, um, but with our Dungeon Master. So uh, instead of PMQs, it's DMQs. That's what we're doing right now uh, with me, your host, Drumbo Baggins, a.k.a. Shania Rain, a.k.a. many, many other things. And uh, also we're talking with Dan Thompson, uh, who is our, our Dungeon Master, well, our hello. DM. Hello, hello there, Drummond. Uh, thank you for having me in the studio tonight. It's, uh, yeah, well, you're, you're very welcome. I like what you've done with the place. It's, yeah, uh, I know. I, I spread a bunch of stuff around the place, uh, made it look gamey. Um, so it's a bit like uh, living in a pheasant. Yeah, the, the fireplace is a nice touch. I think it's... Uh, I know, it's warming, isn't it? I don't know why we have to be wearing uh, dressing gowns for it, but... Uh, well, that's so that if I open my legs, you can see everything. I can. I can confirm that, listeners. I can Good. see everything. Good. Okay, well, I'm just going to sit back and um, toke on my pipe a little bit here. <laughs> okay, so, to the questions, then. To so, the why, questions. why are we doing... i got a question. Why are we All doing right. this show, Drummond? What's the, uh, the idea here? It's weird. It was your idea. It, I know. <laughs> Throwing it back to you there. Trying to <laughs> do stuff under the bus, Eddie. Trying not to do everything. <laughs> ah. I don't know. For, for, for extra pause, you know, people might want to know, um, you know, a peek behind the curtain, as you've mentioned exactly. many times. That's one of your phrases, isn't it? A uh, peek behind the curtain. That's what that's what we're doing now. Uh, just in case people are interested in, um, you know, what goes into it or, you know, um, just other weird stuff that I'm going to ask you about which you'll cool. find out about shortly alright so you've got some questions for me about I the do. show and about the adventure that we've been on I do so, All right. um, so you, are the, you are the DM uh, we are the, the the shadow cabinet I suppose um, okay. asking you questions um, the, the shadow club maybe um, right. so my first question Dan um, is what happened to gentle Dan and should we review his facial hair? Now, to explain this question... What? Um, yeah, I know. Yeah. Hold back a second. What I'm saying is... Um, so, uh, we've been playing, as I'm sure many of our listeners know, for, for quite some time. You know, about just over five years. Uh, and uh, in that time, I always uh, felt like um, Dan was, uh, was quite giving dungeon master you know quite a, you know it's um I, there were definite definite moments especially sort of first second campaign when um when when people should have died and they didn't because uh, he knew how much we cared about the characters and and um and now we started a podcast and ever since the podcast started uh dan has gotten bloodthirsty yeah, I mean, he talks a lot about how much he's going to kill us, and uh, he's really, you know, he's 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 really sharpened his tools, and uh, and and uh, you know, as anyone will know who's been listening to it, um, has come very close to killing us already, and we're only on our first adventure. So what I'm asking is, what's changed, and are we in a darker timeline? Which is why I'm asking about your facial hair. Ah, I see. Have I got the dark goatee? Well, yeah, we've been we've been playing Pathfinder for years now. Uh, we've been playing a lot of different games, and we started learning it together. And we've had a couple of big, long campaigns. Uh, we never played an adventure path, uh, the big, long ones. But we played uh, some long homebrew games uh, and long um, sets of modules and, and other adventures. And I have, in the past, I admit, been weak-willed. Um, and there have been moments where characters should maybe have died or or bad things should have happened. And it is a nice thing. It's a thing you can do as a, as, as a DM. Uh, if you're running the game, it is up to you, kind of, 
you can occasionally tilt that. Uh, if you think that the way somebody has... It's not always died, but the way something has gone, if you think that it's bad for the story, because ultimately it's about having a good story and everyone having a good time, um, you can sometimes just just kind of fudge that role a little bit. Or so so, so in, the, in, in the same way that, um, you know, uh, someone who is um, uh, running a game of some kind, um, uh, I don't know, perhaps <laughs> off the top of my head, the Crystal Maze, um, might think that, uh, you know, someone uh, should really have been out of the room, like the time has kind of run out, but you're the one holding the clock. None of their teammates really know how much time has passed. And if you're 10, 9, 8, 7, 6 gets a little bit slower than the real clock and it just about gives them enough time that's actually a better way to go what you're saying is sometimes it's a choice you make that is a um, very specific example it uh, is a really specific almost like you have first hand experience <laughs> of the crystal maze there Drummond weird that isn't it's it strange. I, I don't know how yeah it, it's a nice this is the thing you have to remember um, there's a there's a phrase about running Pathfinder about running any role playing game which which I really love which is about which says um, DMing is about laughing at your friends about how you're going to kill them while secretly plotting their happy endings. Um, which is... That's very nice. It's a little bit... Ultimately, you're not... And some people do play the game like this. And some players like to play the game like this, where they just want to have a fight and they want to they want to win. It's a game. It's a competition between the DM. Uh, and it's about who wins. And that's a way you can play it. It's never a way I've enjoyed playing it. It's about creating a story that we're all enjoying. And so sometimes, yeah, you can fudge it. But on this... In this campaign, um, I just hate your characters so much, and I just want them all to no. Because I, <laughs> I was going to say, because really, my, my, my question was a passive-aggressive way of asking what's changed since doing the podcast. <laughs> so, so yeah, hit me with it. Yeah, I, I kind of, I it dawned on me that we've been playing now for quite a long time. We play for about five years, so we are better at playing the game than we were, and we're more aware of how the game works and of the consequences of it, and. I don't want the game to lack that element of consequences. I don't want it to lack that drama that comes from knowing that these characters that we're invested in, they could die. And and I imagine it will happen. I think we are going to lose a player character um, at some point. Uh, maybe sooner than we think. Um, which will be a, a really sort of heavy thing. But then that's more story. That's how do people deal with that? How do we move on from that? Um, so yeah, I have been very fair on it. But also... Because I know that we've got hundreds of people listening to this who will write in if they know that I've completely fudged a rule too in order to let you get away with something very, that you very shouldn't true, have. Very true. All right. So, so what you're saying is, you know, there's maybe a little bit of added pressure on you to to play by some of the more specific rules. Um, but also, now that there's added pressure on us because we're recording it and we're thinking about everything we say more, that you're being tougher on us. Thanks a lot. Cheers, Dan. All right. Great. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> Anyway, anyway. We're all um, friends. We've, yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, having mentioned that, um, I'd like to uh, make a reference to the campaign itself, if I could. Cool. Um, so, um, you, 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 you mentioned um, early on as sort of episode two, well, episode two it happened, episode three, you talked about it, um, that the dragon that was not a dragon, um, it, was, it was a lizard of some kind, um, the... 
I mean, essentially, written in, in the module you've got, they didn't think we were going to kill it. No one thought we were going to kill it. We did kill it. What I want to ask you is, um, when you're playing with a bunch of fuckheads like us, how hard is it to keep us on track? And, uh, um, and, uh, um, and what part of the adventure so far has given you the most trouble to sort of push us in the direction that you'd need us to go? Poor Draco. Um, I mean, it's... Murder's Mark is, uh, which is the the module we've been playing, is a very open module. It's kind of why I picked it because it's it's very sandboxy, um, and it means you can kind of go anywhere you you like, um, and you can do things in different orders and, and go off the grid a little bit. And I I really like that about it because it lets us play a bit more and it lets us be more creative with stuff. But yeah, it does mean that um, sometimes it is harder to uh, to get you guys to do kind of not necessarily what the module wants because the module's quite forgiving uh, the way it's written is things happen in a things happen in a particular order because there are other characters in the world and they're doing stuff uh, and like I know sometimes there's been frustration of like oh stuff's happened while we're asleep and that's well it's because there's more of the enemies than there are of you and they can work night shifts so they're going about they're doing stuff over this time whether you would get involved in it or not um, and you kind of just interact with the story as it goes on. So that's how it kind of keeps a bit of uh, momentum to it. But yeah, sometimes they're all... I mean, Killing the Dragon wasn't a, a big part. It was just funny to me that the module guide doesn't even assume that you will kill... It assumes that as level one characters, you won't do that much damage, and you won't kind of try and do it. You'll just kind of take a couple of hits on it. It'll just kind of shrink back and, and just... And it would, at the end of one round, I think, it would have just backed away uh, if you'd done any damage to it, really. But... You killed it too quickly. Yeah, you guys just just blitzed it in seconds. What does that say about our characters, do you think, Dan? It, it says that, uh, like in almost every game I've ever played with you guys, you have built a completely glass cannon damage front-loaded party where you come in do insane damage in your first round and then I'm left wondering how to if I can help you survive for the rest of the encounter because you've got no defense um, but no there there have been a lot of bits that have kind of um, the hardest bit um, in this adventure was the skulk cave um, that was the hardest part of it uh, because that is not in murder's mark at all um, it is so that, that was homebrew from you, yeah the it? whole the whole bit Journey to Skulk Cave was homebrew because Murder's Mark doesn't uh, like you because you guys really really latched onto the Skulks like like <laughs> they, the Skulks were the Skulks are not as big a part in Murder's Mark I think as they became in this story you they were, were a massive part yeah, of the story. <laughs> they were your whole they're huge they were your whole thing um and the the adventure focuses more on sort of other things you can do, like going and examining the bodies and and sort of crime stuff. But you you hit on this idea of we want to go to the, find out where the skulks are. So it was a good chance to firstly a good chance to bring Fardine back into the story because we really liked Fardine. Um, and that was done on the spot. That was gonna I, he wasn't gonna be in that episode. And then in that moment, I was like Fardine's coming back, and we just did that little <laughs> bit to. Um, to get him back in there but it meant I had to kind of write the encounter with the skulks in there and it was quite a dangerous encounter for a group of level one characters you know you were walking into a dark cave with four people who had sneak attack um, very dangerous and you weren't really that focused on where they were you know I was I was genuinely worried we were going to have a wipe in like episode 8 we were lucky eight. they were super high yeah they or were or at least wanting to be super high but we ended up getting some nice character stuff out of that because you got to see the actual skulks who you other than the two that you 
um, you kill in the lockbox. In the in the sort of standard module, you never see any of the rest of the tribe. So you get to see get an idea of the impact that the shiver has had on them, which I and, really like. And yeah, I thought yeah, I mean, I thought that was, that was a nice part of the story, and also um, it showed for the first time some of uh, some of our own weaknesses within our own party as well. That was uh, the first time that some of that came out. So so yeah. Lovely, good stuff. Mm. All right, um, I'd like to uh, move on to. We, right. we, we've got a few questions now um, from 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 listeners. What? Uh, yeah, yeah, we have from the Dangerlings. That's right, from the Dangerlings, no less. Uh, the first question we've got um, from the from the Dangerlings is: um, Do we have any plans for guest players in future episodes? That is from. Eshi would like to know that. Eshi, where's where's Eshi writing in from? Uh, I have no idea. Um, you'd have to from <laughs> Omaha, Nebraska. <laughs> from Omaha, Nebraska. I, yeah, I don't know. It's a friend of Ross's. Ross, <laughs> Ross. He's not here right now, so we'll find out at another point. Hi, Eshi. Hey, Eshi. How you doing? Um, so, so the question. Plans for guest spots. They're from Massachusetts. Yeah. Oh, Massachusetts. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Scott Wilson Beskar. Hi, yeah. I'm always here. Lurking. Always here. Do you see us? <laughs> I see you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, so, yeah. He just so. came out of the mantelpiece. That was so strange. Like a skull. Like Aww. a skull. Uh, yeah, actually, we... Um, guess what is something we would love to do uh, at some point. We know some just really really talented performers that we would love to have on the show at some point and, and share some of um, share some of this adventure with the it's taken a bit of working out partly because we want to get everyone to know the main cast and the the main characters first but also you know we got five characters so that is already one more than the uh, standard adventuring party so th- there's already a bit of work going into the difficulty of the encounters and making sure that they're f- there's a right for sort of five characters you get that up to six and that suddenly becomes a whole thing so it is something we want to do i don't know when but watch this space and uh, you know when we get a chance if it's the right thing for a special then yeah we'll definitely be getting some cool actors in good stuff we did have we did just to add to what dan was saying we did have a very rough shortlist of who we wanted ideally to have in first to guest um, but if you are asking because you are keen and you think you have a good angle or hook on our story or really want to get involved for some reason, then like write in or something, man. If you're, if you're desperate to get involved, or you think you've got a brilliant hook that might help Dan out or something like that, then there's always a slight chance that you might, you know, bring something else to the story. We love people just... getting involved, right? Yeah, if you want to get involved, yeah, we love that. We love interactions. If you want to, then, then, then we'll see, maybe. Tweet Danger Club Pod, uh, Danger Club Podcast at gmail.com. Send us an email. We'll have a look. Nice. But, or um, you could, like our uh, our next uh, Dangerling did, uh, write a handwritten letter. No. Yeah, a handwritten no letter way. to the Danger Club. Wow. Here it comes. Um, listen to this. <clears throat> I'm going to read verbatim. <clears throat> My most daring of darlings, Mr. Danstable Tom Swish. I am a long-time listener, first-time letterer I am of the most enjoyment to your wit and ways. My admiration is of the highest count towards your brain fastness. Tell me, please, if you may, for whom you have a softness of the heart within the club. Could it be a most lovable lunk of dwarfness, Fulton? Or, may it be, you would find a wistfulness towards the smooth words of a handsome elf named M.Z., 
Could it be the short, rugged, wild lilyliness that explodes upon every encounter, cross-dressing Caragor, or perhaps cranky miser pants of feeble magics, Velda? <laughs> or, most likely, the mysterious und madcap und sexy vulnerable yet fierce und independent Shania. <clears throat> of these... Who is for the most certain to be upon your favours, and what favours might be done by them upon yourself? This will in no ways affect any of the things that will happen. Kind regards, Cronia Stain. Uh, it's handwritten, um, signed with a possible kiss. Uh, looks like it might be with lipstick, could be blood. Um, so, yeah, from Cronia Stain. Philippe. <laughs> Philippe, Philippe's gonna yeah, screw so, all of those guys. Philippe yeah. the Devil Monkey is my guy. He's your um, guy. That's the that's the goal is to gradually kill all of you guys off, and then Philippe and I are gonna have our own spin off podcast just about his monkey adventures. Dan and the Monkey. Dan and the Monkey. He's in Curious George. It's gonna be that with a satanic monkey. Um, I like all of you guys. You know, I, I love that I, everyone has had some great moments. Um, I, I really love. Um, Fulton and um, Shania's moment from uh, I think episode 10 um, that was just a beautiful just bit of character stuff but everyone has had those little moments where they've kind of you know Christ face or, uh, or sort of uh, thinking back to backstories or hints about things that are, uh, are sort of involved um, in, in their past you know there's been some just really nice moments from everyone and it's been really nice getting uh, feedback from people who've listened to the show and everyone's got a different favourite character um, you know, everyone loves a different person. Except Fulton. No one likes Fulton. Um, it's just it's just a difficult... Oh, it's hard when he's not here. You can't be mean to him when he's not here. <laughs> Hopefully he'll get back and we can just say it to his yeah, face. Yeah, then we can lay right into him. Okay, so um, listen, uh, the next section that I've got mm-hmm. um, is... You, you, you've read Empire magazine before. I yes. have. I am familiar uh, with read, Empire. And you've read the Metro, that like, free paper the around free London town paper. and other towns. Um, so in those, they have uh, sections. Uh, one is called uh, How Much is a Pint of Milk? The other one's 60 Second Interview. So this this section here is um, is 10 quick questions, which I would like you to elaborate on, but you have to be swift about it. We've got to get through it fairly here's, quickly. Here's the I, challenge. There's 10 questions. I really thought you were going to do Rush Hour Crush. <laughs> Rush Hour Crush. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. I fell off my chair again Philippe <laughs> is your rush hour crush good to know so um, this, these are your pint of milk questions alright all right, here we go um, so fairly, fairly quick obviously you know, quick fire I got you go. question number one what area of the Pathfinder world do you know best and why um, River Kingdoms but I'm learning Varicia because of this okay good uh, question number two what rule would you change? What is the bane of your life as a DM slash GM? What would you change? What what sticks in your craw the most? Uh, attack of opportunity. It's and it's something which is being changed in Pathfinder Volume um, Edition Two, which is being play tested at the moment. Yeah, uh, I, I think it it locks everyone in. I don't like that people can't move around during combat. I would give it just to fighters, which is what Paizo have done. So hey, thank you, Paizo. Good stuff. Okay, question number three. What is your favourite race? It's not a trick question. <laughs> I mean, within obviously the uh, the worlds of um, uh, uh, Pathfinder. Um, uh, t- first of all, to play and then to DM. Um, oh, I I have a big love for dwarves. I, I often play dwarves. I play cat folk in uh, the one campaign I actually get to play in. Uh, to DM, um, I'd say anything but drow. 
Um, <laughs> and they're complicated. Yes, we have taken notice of this, thank you. They're complicated. No, I like elves. I do like I do like DMing, which is dumb because we've got no elves in the group. But I like anything with a kind of a slightly alien take. All right, so same question, but about class this time. Favorite class? Yeah. I normally, I used to always play a wizard because. Um, if you go from DMing to playing, suddenly the lack of rules is scary and weird. So go for the thing with the most rules and the most things you can do uh, is quite natural. I'm getting really into playing a paladin now, though. I'm liking those extreme alignments. Cool, cool. All right. Um, uh, do you have a signature dish that you cook? Do I have a signature dish that yeah. I cook? I cook a very good uh, pasta with chestnuts and uh, pancetta, um, which I, I will have to serve for a game sometime. Well, we never play at mine because I'm next, I live above a railway, so <laughs> true. All it's right. not great acoustics. Um, okay, question number six. Um, do you have a nickname or is there one you would like? Oh, I feel like... I, I, I'm sure I have several. I, I don't look at our Twitter enough to see. I see occasional... Ones that Scott puts on the Twitter. Go ahead. Dungeon Master. Ha! Dungeon Master. There we go. That's gold. I really like that. Nice. Yeah, good stuff. All right. Question number eight. Um, What was the first game you ever DM'd? Give us a very quick overview. So what age were you? Who did you play with? What kind of stuff happened? Oh, my God. I I have been running games since I was in school since I was a kid and, and not even um, like pre-D&D not pre-release of D&D but before we knew D&D was a thing we would just play games which were effectively role-playing games but without character sheets or rules and you just you just make stuff up uh, and you people would say you'd ask people what they were going to do and you'd just decide you'd usually say pick a number between one and ten and that's your kind of and if they pick the right the number you're thinking of then they've succeeded but how old were you when you do I would have been like like 13 years old when we was still doing this just hanging around the playground usually sitting Warhammer because yeah Warhammer why not 13. yeah good alright um, uh, <laughs> quick question here who's going to die first in this campaign and why uh, this is awkward because uh, the way we're recording this uh, when it goes out someone may have died already so you're asking me to <laughs> predict um, within the next one um, who's going to go first I'm going to have to go Purely because of the, um, the low hit points, probably Velda. Just because it is so easy to die at low levels when you have low hit points. If um, you've if you've guessed this right, and he's already died by the time this comes out, oh. you're going to win loads of danger points, right? <laughs> burn the witch, burn him. <laughs> he's, a, he's a prophet. And uh, finally, um, just to just to see that you you know still on planet Earth with uh, all your all your uh, your pathfinding pals, yeah. how much is a box of orc miniatures? <laughs> Nice. Oh my god. Well, uh, from Games Workshop or yeah, Games Workshop. whatever that is called now. Oh, um like uh, like a hundred pounds. Like <gasps> they are no, uh, no like I don't know, like they come out of plastic stuff. I'm gonna say fifteen pounds for a box of orc miniatures from Games Workshop. I mean you said a hundred, you said fifteen, thirty pounds. But yeah, Two pounds about. is a reasonable amount to play pounds. support your hobby. Yeah. I mean, you know, I was trying to find it. And this, it's really hard to actually lock that down, to be honest. Uh, I was, took a lot of research. Yeah, do you specify, like, Citadel miniatures, because they are premium top price, or do you, like, talk about the miniatures from... Uh, so so these, these are ones I looked up online. I was looking for, like, a, a horde of orcs online. Uh, these were... and You couldn't find just orcs unless you were going into... Middle Earth characters, so these yeah. are from the Middle Earth. Ah, um, I see. But, but as I looked across, thirty pounds seemed about the right 
sort of that yeah, search that about. search string would definitely have returned some Citadel miniatures from, from, yeah. from Warhammer I was, now, I think it has been yeah. so long since I've played Warhammer I, I went into a, one of their shops to uh, try and get a miniature for a for a and d game um and I was just like, "What is what has happened here? This is like the." And they're like, "Yeah, everything's changed. The the past stuff is in the future now, and the future stuff is in the past." And it's all, I was like, "You know what? I'm I'll buy it online." <laughs> all right. So back into some um, some uh, let's see um, uh, some some more some more classic questions. All right. Classic. Um, here's a classic question for you. Mm-hmm. Which actors would play the Danger Club characters? Oh, I'm great gonna... question! Oh. Yeah, and I think I think I think the other people. Are I'm gonna need, we need some help from this. First, people who are around the uh, around the area. So, who do you uh, think? So I reckon uh, I I'd like to see. I think I'd like to see Fulton played by Robert Carlyle, uh, like a small yeah small Robert Carlyle doing his um, his best kind of. He did a. Uh, he, he played um, James the first once and it had mad King James and that was excellent Caragor, uh, uh, I guess you I don't want to just go with someone from Game of Thrones because of the accent yeah, I thought about that it's too easy I thought about it a little bit more right yeah. and sort of because of who he is Jason Statham Right? Nice, but like a Jason Statham who can maintain an accent, right? Okay, uh, and is really fucking friendly throughout. I reckon that's the right level for Caragor. I'm not 100 percent sure. If anyone's got a better idea, that's absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. Nice. I kind of want to. Uh, I feel like part of me feels that Shania should be played by, um, like someone impossibly glamorous. Um, and part of me wants it wants Shania to be played by John Cleese in drag. Um, <laughs> it's a real sort of toss up with the. I think it's just. I was going to go Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> yeah. um, We've already got uh, Velda's actor, haven't we? Oh, have we? Who's yeah, we Velda? Decided. Who is it? Victor Meldrew. Oh yes. Victor Meldrew. Because Victor Meldrew is a character. Yeah, I know, I know. Oh, I, right, I, I, okay, I can't yeah. remember his. Uh, I can't remember his uh, actual name. Richard Wilson, I believe. Richard well Wilson. done. Yes. There we go. <laughs> Did you, you just get hear? up from your bed, James, and say, "I don't believe"? <laughs> I don't believe it. <laughs> Literally, is exactly what happened. Okay. James just got up and went, "I have you, have you know." Oh boy! Oh yeah. my goodness! Good stuff. What about MZ? Yeah, MZ. M- he's, MZ. Got good, he's got to be the sexy, good-looking one, hasn't he? Yeah, MZ has got to be like MZ's like the cool one. MZ will be MZ's like a rapper who has got a part in it to kind of sell the movie. <laughs> like that's that. <laughs> oh, I was gonna go. I was gonna go. Um, oh, uh, Ian McKellen. I can't remember his name. Macklemore. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, uh, um, it's, it's lost. I'm, no, I'm never going to remember. Just play charades. Describe it. How many? <laughs> how many syllables? <laughs> he was. He was in. He was in the the, the sitcom um, about aliens. Third from the sun. John Lithgow. No, not John Lithgow. <laughs> A hip hop John <laughs> Lithgow. <laughs> hip gal. Um, <laughs> no, the kid. Joseph Gordon Levitt. Joseph Gordon Levitt. Joseph Gordon Levitt. That's where I was going to go. Spying hip hop freak anyway. with a backwards cat. <laughs> um, He's okay. too gravelly. Hello, it wouldn't work. <laughs> right. Um, so let's see what else we got here. Um, this is fun. Got, let's do got... this every week. <laughs> um, let's quit our jobs. Okay. So a couple more questions from uh, from 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 Dangerlings. Um, it's another one from Eshi. Um, Eshi was actually the only person that wrote this. Hey, Ashley. Hi, Ashley. Thanks for asking us questions. I know, I've From got a question. Cleveland, well. Ohio. <laughs> um, uh, would you do a character hot seat? 
Will we do a character hot seat? Well, we, we have sort of someone dropping in and out. That's kind of similar to the guest question, I guess. Um, well, no, I oh, guess, what, I like, guess a, like, like in interviewing a person in character. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, that's an interesting... That would be a fun thing to do. We did do some kind of talking heads bits with characters at the start to, like, promote the thing. And then we recorded some slightly longer ones, mostly of Shania, um, because... You love to talk, Drummond. Um, so we've got a whole lot of content of Shania talking about her backstory. Yeah, I, it would be great. Or if it is like getting like somebody coming in and playing a character every now and then, um, we'll see how everyone's touring schedules go. That's the thing is, with us all being actors is, you know, sometimes busyness occurs. So, uh, you know, it may sometimes be required to have someone else play a character but hopefully we'll never get to that we've managed um, so far alright so uh, two more basically and then, okay. and then I think we're done um, so this is the last one from me and it uh, goes like this in all your time of DMing what has been your favourite thing that has ever happened ever oh my god um, there have been there have been so many and, and so, a lot of them in this campaign actually a lot of really beautiful moments um, I think my, I think probably my favourite one was in a campaign. I, w- I won't talk about it too much because I know it's weird talking about campaigns people haven't played in. But in a campaign where all of you guys, it was you guys, were on a a sort of bridge over a deep chasm, and oh, yeah. there was some debate over whether you had to jump into the chasm and that was going to be how you progressed with the adventure or whether jumping into the chasm would just be that you died and and it would kill you and there was a complete split and like almost real world arguments between both (laughs) between people around the group about what they were going to do and then some of the guys through an extreme sequence of screw-ups fell off uh, and disappeared and we were left with just you, Drummond, and Scott's character at the top, who made a pact that they were both going to jump together um, and got ready to go. Then you had to go off um, to work uh, and left um, and went away. And just as Scott was describing how the two of you were about to leap, my phone rang, uh, and it was you on the phone in a panic, just just saying, I've changed my mind, I've changed my mind, I go my own way. Um, (laughs) And we just had this moment where I put the phone down and we cut back to the image of just Scott kind of just falling backwards off this cliff and just seeing you shrugging and walking away from him and just leaving him and that just this moment of betrayal and also this just this the fact that they were that terrified for the lives of these fictional characters that you know, didn't exist I just I, I do I remember love that. genuine ter- I couldn't let it happen I was terrified <laughs> why we have it's why we have the tune you can go your own way. That was the theme tune for the campaign, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it won't be for this one because no. um, we're already going to get sued for, for singing <laughs> that. that bit there, so. Um, so, final question okay. then. And it comes again from Eshi. And uh, the question has already been answered, pretty much. Uh, it's. Uh, it's saying, I, any thought about midweek episodes, you know, um, talking about the stuff that happens behind the scenes, etc., or possibly a guide for dummies to Pathfinder, or, you know, your favourite playthroughs, which is kind of what we've done right now. You know uh, you know what, Eshi, I've had such a great time tonight. Uh, yes, let's announce it right now. Let's do it. We're going to, uh, we're, we're all going to just uh, cut back our jobs. Yeah. Um, and we're going to record a second podcast every. No, I. More DM questions, though, yes? Uh, yeah. No, I, I um, seriously, probably not right now. Um, I would love to. Um, as we know, all of our favorite shows have a podcast. Um, it's only sensible that a podcast should have a podcast about the podcast. 
Um, just have the snake totally eat itself. I, I love talking about it, and there's so much stuff you could talk about on this, and I, I would love to have some time to just talk about how much I love Pathfinder and how much, and, and the game and the stuff that goes on behind it, because there is so much interesting stuff. And also to have a forum to talk more with you guys, um, to hear more questions like this and, and hear how you're enjoying the show. It, it would be really great. So it is, it is something we're working on. Um, it's not happening right now, but yeah, maybe, maybe in the future if we make timings work and recordings, I'd love to. This is indeed the perfect place for, for, for that kind of thing to happen, for us to field your questions and stuff. So we hope that you've... Oh, have we got one? Have we had a question while we've been recording? Question. Yes. Oh, uh, man. To be fair, it's a question he's asked before, but I just let him know that there was, in oh. fact, uh, a question and answer session going on right now. He got okay. back to me. This is Miles Eve uh, from oh, the yeah. Order of the Cybernetic Badger Striped Earwig. Um, Yo, Miles. Uh, so Thanks our, for calling, our, Miles. He's one, he's, one of our, uh, he's one of our top dangerlings, um, and he loves the show. Hey, Miles. Um, so Miles asks, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sort of like paraphrase him because a bit of his question has already been answered, but he was quite interested, uh, having never played uh, any of these games before, he was quite interested in the moment that Sheriff Feldane came into that mansion and we all tools downed in front of her and there was a standoff and for a moment Miles listening he was like genuinely are the Danger Club going to declare war on the police will they and he was like to me what would happen if if, if the Danger Club just went uh, just full on psycho on the police killed because they could have done killed them killed the guards and then went on a rampage what would have happened and he was this is a question to you he was like what would have happened uh, in that situation what would Dan's take would be if we were to kill all the chiefs of police and go rogue what would that have ha- what would happen i mean that would have been the darkest timeline oh my god <laughs> that would have been a lot of work for me um but you know we'd have run with it that that episode i don't think you guys know how close you all came to disaster in that that little couple of sequences of, of episodes <laughs> because moncolio had effectively framed you all for the murder of the people in that in that house and was on his way out the window to go and get the sheriff and bring her to the house to tell um, to tell her that you had killed the Brayton family uh, and left only the children alive. And he had the children as witnesses that Fulton had walked into the room. He had everything he needed to, to shut you guys down. And you'd only recently been quarreling with the sheriff as well. Um, so things were already tense there. So... It almost turned into a courtroom drama, is what you're trying to tell A us. little bit, yeah. Like, if if he'd got away, if Felder hadn't opened that door and seen him getting out the window, if he'd got away, she would have come and tried to arrest you. Um, as it was, she got alerted by neighbours anyway because of the amount of noise you made fighting him in the garden. The neighbours saw it happening and, and let her know. But um, but yeah, she would have arrested you and then it would have been a... a we would have had a whole courtroom scene. It probably would have meant a failure of the actual quest as it was they probably she probably would have um killed ellison um and the carnival would have disbanded so it would have been was dead if you'd killed uh, sheriff Faldane and poor bobby mack uh, and all of the other um i mean i would have just hand of god killed you all for killing bobby mack <laughs> um if you'd killed those characters for it then yeah that the campaign would have carried on but Effectively, yeah, that's that would have been the end of Murder's Mark. You 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 killed the law. Like the the villagers wouldn't have really been able to do anything about it. They're just fishermen. You know, they're no match for you. If you killed the few actual law enforcement people they've got, well, 
they're not gonna, there's nothing they can do about it. You've killed their guards, so very you can walk to, away. Very close to either our own sort of Law and Order episode or the exact opposite of that yeah. Chaos and Terror episode. But that's um, the great thing about the game is that there are there are consequences either way, you know. And it's not that you pick one. It's not a fighting fantasy book where you turn to the correct paragraph or you die. You know, you can turn to any paragraph and the story continues, and we just deal with that. It's the same with characters dying. Uh, it's the same with any kind of big stuff happening uh, and you can have huge crossroads moments where if you happen the bad guys can win you know even in a big campaign but you can still keep playing those character stories because it's about the and characters can not be the, the bad guys you can be the bad guys i hope <laughs> not pretty this, close at the I moment we can pull you back it's gone pretty dark <laughs> there's a guy hanging from a ceiling <sighs> well anyway i hope that this has been a wonderfully enlightening chat uh, for all of the dangerlings out there, I hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, let us know. Um, um, you know, we can do more of this kind of stuff if you dig it. If you don't dig it, then we'll squash it, because why? Um, but hopefully you won't. Hopefully you'll dig it. And thank you very much for listening. And, uh, yeah, I guess from DMQs for this evening, uh, I just want to add one more thing. Is that I, I probably should have been calling the um, how much is a pint of milk uh, how many tokens for a yak's milk oh oops well Daisy missed that one didn't I anyway, so perfect fail. natural one on that alright <laughs> Good night. thanks guys Good night. I like that just because of the relaxed format of it it's definitely at night <laughs> <laughs>